Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the files of the AYR. Yowiehunters.com. An article in the 1842 edition of the Australian and New Zealand monthly magazine relays stories from Aboriginals of the time stating the Yowie can come upon you with almost no noise. It states, The most dreaded fear was carrying away women and children with no trace and the fear they have of night. The Yowie can appear suddenly and unaccountably and can attack lone men in the dark. But... They run away during the day. In a 1947 article, the Geelong Advertiser relays stories from the Woburung tribesmen speaking of the dread they had of moving around at night, and again, the carrying away of women and children. I've spoken on many occasions about the personality shift between day and night. It's almost like a Jekyll and Hyde scenario. The cloak of darkness is something they use to their advantage, and they're well aware of our night blindness. But this isn't a story about human abductions or night opportunism, but a story we wish to emphasise on their ability to master bush stealthiness. When Buck took the thermal Yowie footage on the 9th of April, one takeaway comment he made, as I've stated in the past, they made no noise when they entered, and made no noise as they left. Remarkable for something that large on dry, leaf-littered ground. For years now, the AYR have received reports of people seeing the Yowie walking as if gliding, and again, making no noise. The question is, is the continual reference to gliding a learned method of walking adopted to conceal noise of breaking leaf and twig litter while stalking? I also know firsthand they can be quite the opposite when unaware people are around. Often quoted as resembling the sound of an elephant on two legs, thunderous footsteps and felling everything in their path. The area is right in the heart of Yowie country, a remote location with not many human inhabitants and surrounded by other Yowie sightings. Notice where all the sighting icons are all-around areas with human inhabitants, places where humans are to see and report them. Just imagine what's going on in the heart of that uncharted forest. It's free rain, and some of them have probably never seen a human at close quarters. There's three parts to this story. Hang around for the last one. I found it fascinating. It's now I hand you over to AYR's Sarah Bignall, as I say, welcome to party. This story is that far-fetched. If someone told this to me, I would have laughed in their face. 
I'll tell you now, the only reason I'm telling it this is because I'm terminally ill, like I'm quite sick. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, mate. If, you know what I mean? I don't want to take this. could be useful to someone like yourself. This is insane what happened. I'm sorry to hear you ill, mate. Part of life sometimes. It's quite a weird feeling. Given an expiry date is quite a weird feeling. Yeah, my heart goes out to you. You tell me when you're ready and I will tell you what happened to me in, it lasted, I think, 2007 to 2010. Tell me what happened. I've been an avid hunter and fisherman since since I was uh, 10 to 12 years old. I probably started with some friends of mine's parents and I grew up in the, in the Hawkesbury area of New South Wales and I've obviously hunted local as much as I can because I've had no license and things like that at a younger age and I'd done all right so I stayed around I'd done a fair bit of hunting and stayed hunting local in the Hawkesbury and the putty was quite an easy and quite big place to sort of hunt had good number of deer and the odd pig would get through there and it was like September time in 2007 I was sort of doing like a one overnight like a day stay the night, hunt half the day and then get picked up and head home the next day. It was September the 15th. I know the date. I'll, I'll never forget it. I was in the Bulga area, sort of the, the single to the end of the putty and I was sort of hunting some hardwood forest area there and it was coming to maybe sort of 3.30, 4 o'clock, 4 o'clock quarter to 4, something like that and I was just sitting there eating a sandwich and having something to drink and just sort of taking 10 minutes to myself and maybe a rock the size of a 10-litre plasterer's bucket, like a big rock, like a rock that you couldn't throw. You might be able to pick up, but you wouldn't be able to throw it. Come flying across and landed maybe sort of eight, eight metres in front of me and tumbled on the ground, and I thought it was very strange. There was nothing real high behind me where it could have rolled down and bounced or anything like that, and I played it off as just a rock must have rolled down the hill somewhere and it's landed there and sort of was like, oh, that's lucky it didn't hit me. And and I I sort of carried on and finished my sandwich, finished my drink, kept walking, got up and went, got going. And maybe sort of five, ten minutes into the walk, I just had a disgusting feeling like that something was watching me as much as I was sort of looking out for something in there. Like I just had a very weird feeling that, something was watching me or something was following me, just I felt very uneasy and never had any experience in the putty like that before in my life. And by now I'm sort of in my late 20s and I wasn't scared of anything in there because I've been hunting in there for a long time and I've seen it all. Never seen anything in there that I even thought was remotely weird. No signs of large feet or or or, you know what I mean, panthers that are meant to be in there. I've never seen anything. I blew it off as all hearsay and myths. Continued on, got in my car, went home, never thought nothing about it again. Probably four weeks later, went back. By now, it's probably about 12 k's difference between where I was the last time. So I was from the Bulgar end. Now I'm into the big hardwood forest area of Putty itself and um, – hunting there and done an overnight's trip there as well. Same again, hunt all day, early morning, hunt into the late night, have dinner, have a fire, have dinner, sit down, hunt early morning and then sort of trek out back to the putty road, get picked up at home. Um, 
see nothing on the first day. I actually shot a night like bow hunted a nice deer in there and was quite happy with myself and wasn't really that keen to hunt the next morning. I sort of figured I'll just trek back out to the putty road and sort of just wait off the edge of the road until it's time to be picked up till my partner come down in in the vehicle and pick me up and jump in the car and go home and throw the deer on and head and head head home. But I got up the next morning and that was the plan. I was going to head out. Nothing strange overnight. Totally forgot all about that rock. And I was probably about, probably about a 3K, 2.5, 3K back, walk back to the actual main road where I was getting picked up from. And I got up, packed up, rolled up my swag, put my backpack on, grabbed my boat, had a um, knapsack with some deer meat in it and a hide. That was it. Started trekking out. Not really hunting, just walking, making noise. And... I heard some loud banging noises, like someone hitting a branch on another branch, like two pieces of timber together, like a distinct noise of timber hitting timber. And I didn't think anyone sort of lived in there or I didn't sort of know what it was, if someone was in there splitting timber or something along them lines. And it proceeded to follow me. It was probably about 90, 80, 90 metres sort of further in the bush. All The noise always seemed to be up high. Um, and it followed, it just followed me, followed me, followed me all the way till I sort of was where I wanted to sit and wait for the car. And it, when I sat down, it stopped. But if I sort of got up and walked around, I would hear it again. It, it would just like a loud knocking of timber. And I, it was, it was starting to actually scare me because I couldn't put a finger on what it was or who it was. I, it, it was actually starting to put the wind up me a little bit. And I, um, I sort of sat a lot closer to the road where actual people could see me. You know what I mean? If they drove past, they would have actually see me sitting on their, on the edge of the road on their left-hand side. I was only probably two metres off the road. Um, same again. Went home and I just didn't know what it was, but it sort of went out of my mind and I ended up going back there, a different area again. But still, um, we're, we're talking we're only a few k's sort of as a crow's fly from each spot that where this has happened. Um the third time going, that was it. I, I was I was probably in the bush, probably forty five minutes. Like I just got out the out the car, said our goodbyes, and, and walked into the bush, and and that was it. I I seen something that probably was about eight and a half foot tall and three foot wide and long old man grey hair. Sort of reminded me if you know what a a wolfhound or a deerhound looks like. And that was it. It was standing there staring me dead in the face. And I was probably 15 to 25 metres away from it. And I stared it straight in its eyes. I seen exactly what it was. And to me, I felt like my heart was going to come out of my chest. I couldn't, my brain couldn't comprehend what I was actually looking at. So, yeah, that's where the story of seeing it sort of really began that's that's it i seen it in sort of end of september beginning of october in in 2000 and 2000 and it's 2008 uh, beginning of october 2008 is when yeah that's it i seen it i know exactly what i seen and my brain couldn't comprehend what my eyes were actually seeing just to get a little bit more detail about the being that you saw so how far away were you? I wouldn't have been no closer than 15 metres and it wouldn't have been no further than, say, 20, 25 metres. 
direct line of sight, not standing behind a tree or not out to my left, nothing like that. I was walking from point A to point B and it was in between point A and point B, like dead straight. I looked at my toes and if I, if I looked dead straight up, uh, it was, it, you know what I mean? It was directly in front of me. Did, I didn't have to turn my head to see it. I didn't have to do anything. It was directly standing in front of me. It's daytime? Yep, daytime. Eight and a half foot tall and about three. Three, three foot wide. Three foot wide. Eight and a half foot tall. And its hair reminded me of like if someone knows what an Irish wolfhound or a deer hound or a stag hound, that, that style of hairy dog and that sort of colour, that old man motley grey, you know what I mean? Like yep. a bit of white tip on the end of it. But as it gets closer to the skin, the darks obviously gets greyer. And hair would have been ranging from 50 mil to 100 mil long from short hair sort of on its chest area to its arms and around its crutch and its legs, 100 mil. You know what I mean? Length of hair would have been 100 mil long. Was it clean or was it a bit unkempt? No, it was it was clean. It was not dirty. I smelt no smells. I Nothing. The wind was blowing in my face. That decides what direction I trek when I was in there bow hunting for deer. That's, I used to walk with the wind in my face so no other animals would catch my smell. So... I constantly had the wind blowing my scent back behind me, not towards the direction I was going. I know what I've seen and I, my brain couldn't comprehend or process what I was seeing, if that makes sense. What did it most remind you of? Like a gorilla you see in the zoo, but standing a lot taller than one, but same body mass, if that makes sense, like longer arms, short, thick, stumpy legs, but it's arms half the length longer than it sort of that looks normal is that you know what i mean like yeah like another looks like another forearm's length longer than a normal arm did you notice the face and whether it was moving its face at all while it was looking at you it wasn't moving its face it had no facially it just looked like a it to me it just looked like cre- i say creature but let's let's say it just looked like a gorilla standing there looking at me as much to say, what are you, as I was it. It had no angry facial expression, but it had no, it had nothing. It just sort of was staring at me and stood there, fro- it was frozen. It didn't move either. Did you notice the eyes? Were you able to tell the colour from that far away? Yes, I can. The eyes were like, I wouldn't say yellow, but I wouldn't say orange either, like a, like a sort of sunlighty colour. I can't even name an animal that's got a similar colour. Like a rooster's leg, like a that yellow with an orange tinge, crimson, like an orange colour to it. So, yeah, in between orange and like a normal coloured yellow, like it was, yeah, I'd lean towards more orange than yellow, but it wouldn't say orange like an orange. If... And did it blink its eyes while it was looking at you? No, it didn't. It just stood there staring and... Maybe this whole experience lasted, seemed like forever because I stood there, but the reality is it probably only lasted about 20 seconds, 30 seconds at the tops. And it turned around and didn't run. It just turned around and slipped itself away. And I stood there, I didn't move. And within sort of, let's say, taking three or four steps, it was invisible. It had disappeared into the scrub, no noise. No trees moving, no branches were moving, nothing. Did it have ears that were noticeable? No, no, nothing like that noticeable. 
no skin noticeable either. What about around but, the eyes? No, it's, it's eyes, no eyebrows, just its eyes and just hair, shorter hair. wasn't hanging over its face or nothing. It was just short, like a beard all over its face. So short, mottled grey hair all over its face. Yeah, very similar colour. To the, That's the closest thing and probably most accurate, I would say, like that staghound sort of style of a dog. That well, I just call it old man grey. It's just dark grey close to the skin and as the hair gets longer towards its tip, it, it near becomes like really light grey close to sort of like a near a white. It only took, turned around and took a few steps like it was magic. It disappeared. It just just slipped its way into, into the growth and it was gone. I couldn't see it, couldn't hear it. Did you notice the hands? Um, not really. I didn't take much notice of it. I was too shell-shocked, I guess, or frightened or something like that. I sort of just stared at it, like stared into its face. I, I didn't really sort of – I couldn't see its feet because of the undergrowth, but I didn't really take any notice of its hands. I sort of just stared at its – at its face, I was more concerned about I don't, trying to figure out what it was. I, yeah, you know I mean, I sort of walked out of there thinking it was a gorilla that I'd seen a gorilla. Did you happen to notice the chest moving while you were looking at it? Nah, the only movement was its hair moving, and that was all over it. And that was only due to breeze or it sort of maybe it breathing something like that. There was no big sudden moves. No, no. Even when it turned around and, and walked off, it was very slow motion. Like It never looked back. It just turned around. And like I said, a few steps and it disappeared. Like No more than four or five steps and it was totally gone. You couldn't hear it, couldn't see it. It was gone. Like it had disappeared into the bush. Did you get a feeling for gender? Maybe it was male or female? No, not at all. Like It just looked like a mass of well i guess if you say gorilla you you would think male do you know what i mean like it looked strong like it looked like it was strong what about age do you feel it was an older or a younger creature i don't know like i don't if i was to say like an age in human ages like it looked like it was in its late 20s early 30s just by the the way it sort of carried itself and the color of its hair and and that like I would have thought something young might have freaked out. I don't know. It, I, I couldn't put my finger on it, but this has happened like that. And then it lasted 30 seconds and it's gone. I, my brain just couldn't keep up with actually what was going on. Like I didn't, had I been bitten by a snake and I was hallucinating, had, that's the thought process that was actually happening with me. Like I, I, I couldn't believe what I had seen. Like it was massive disbelief. What shape was the head? like a big, thick forehead above its eyes. But in saying that, it was facing on, so I really couldn't see any definition to its actual, you know what I mean? If it had like a big eyebrow structure or a cheek structure or anything like that, its mouth, I wasn't really close enough. I could say if it had actual, you could see its lips and no hair or couldn't put a definite answer if everything was in proportion except for its arms. Its arms just looked ape-like, like that, just that forearm length longer than it should be. What do you think the creature or the being, I try, I used to call them creatures, I'm trying hard to call them beings now, out of respect, I think, more than anything else. What do you think this being was doing when you stumbled across it? 
to be honest, I don't know. I was the one that walked up. It was already watching me prior to me seeing it. By the time I looked up, it was motionless, standing there, staring at me. So I don't know what it was doing. I've been going in that area for a long time, and I've never, ever seen anything in there to give me any goosebump feelings or never seen a print on the ground and I've wondered what it is, like I know what it is, whether it's deer, pig, goanna, goat, wild dog. There's hundreds of wild dogs up through the putty. I've never, ever had seen anything. I've never seen anything, any marks on a tree that are abnormally high. I've seen plenty of rub marks on trees that are caused by fallow deer and they're they're five foot, four and a half foot off the ground. That's normal to see. see when they're running and they're marking their, their territory, that's normal to see. I've seen a heap of mud and clay rubbed on trees at knee height down there, and that's pigs that have covered themselves in mud and now they're wallow, they've wallowed in the mud and now they're scratching all the mud off and marking a tree. Look, I've never seen anything in there to spook me until this. How far away do you think it was from the nearest tree cover. I guess I'm asking you that because I'm surprised it didn't try and hide behind some trees when because it, it must have seen you coming. Was it really bushy in there or was there a oh, fair distance between trees? Or No, look, this is a hardwood plantation, so everything's straight-lined, if you know what I mean. Uh. It's an old hardwood plantation, so everything's pretty much straight-lined, big, dumb trees, and the ground layer is a lot of bracken fern, and the bracken fern can range from the back of your calf to the top of your thigh, like up to your, your hip area, deep, height-wise, it can range. But it's 90% bracken fern and, and some lantana. There's, there's big sections of lantana in there. Um, there's plenty of cover. It could have stepped behind a tree way before I seen it, and I wouldn't have even known. I would have walked probably straight by it. It stopped and seen you. you you've looked at each other for a few seconds. Yep. And then in no hurry, no panic, no concern, it turned around and and it slipped off. And within four or five sort of steps, it had disappeared like it had gone behind the trees and I lost what tree it went behind. It took a couple of steps and went behind one of the gum trees in the plantation and then that was it. If Whether its steps were big enough to go from tree to tree or it got down and crawled off or something, I don't know, but it disappeared within four or five steps. It had vanished. What did you think at the time? Were you really frightened or, or were you too in shock to be feeling much? I was very shocked. I couldn't fathom what I was actually seeing, but I did, definitely didn't hunt in that direction that trip. I sort of headed back up towards sort of the Hawkesbury area and hunted along not far off the actual road. Like I stayed pretty close to the road and, and hunted there and, and I stayed the night, got picked up, never seen nothing, never heard nothing, anything like that for that trip. And I never went back there for probably about eight months, nine months. Next time I went back would have been around in February the following year. You didn't see that creature, that being no, again? I, I, no, I had a few trips. I had a, quite a few trips in there and never seen nothing. But in saying that, I stayed away from that harbour plantation, that putty to bulger end. I sort of stayed away. I've done a lot in the Tinder Creek and, and towards the Colo end of the putty on some private property and also in some Crown land and then some state forests there. That will sort of get me to the next time that something happened in there, which would have been we would have come up to sort of February 
by now and we would have the rut would have been on for the deer and I would have been back in that hardwood plantation looking for deer and pushed that to the back of my mind and hunted in that hardwood plantation again probably like I said February it would have been for the rut. We actually have um, an audio report on our in our database and on the website. Um, yeah. It's number 95 if you want to look it up, but it's a, it's a sighting between Putty and Colo to listen I'm to it again. I'm not the first to see one in there or have some sort of experience in there. No, you're not. You're not the first. Yeah. Check it out if you want to. It's number 95. Yeah. Let's sort of skip a few trips. Mm-hmm. Nothing's happened. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Haven't felt nothing. Skip a few trips and we're in there again and back up in that same area. But this time we're hunting sort of the eastern side of Putty Road. So we're not in that side. We're, we're on the other side of the road, but up in that area. We're only we're, we're talking a K, two Ks away from where I've had this, let's say, experience. Now, we're in 2009 now. Yes, yep. We've gone forward, and this was at the back of my mind and not thought about. And um, same situation, didn't hear nothing, no nothing. I'm sitting down, I'm drinking a Golden Crush popper, and I had two apples and a banana. I had eight and one apple, and I was halfway through eating the banana. And I finished eating the banana, and I left the apple because it was a bit soft. I left the apple sitting there as something else would have eaten that bird, deer, pig, whatever would have eaten that. I had – now I'm trekking out like I'd been hunting. This, this was in the morning after of a hunt, and I'm walking back out now, and I'd left the apple there for breakfast. Ain't a banana and apple, left one apple sitting there, and I'd walk away. Now I'm probably 800 metres away from the road from being picked up at 10.30. I was meant to be back out on the putty road, and my partner was would drive past. If I had anything, I'd throw it on the back of the ute and throw me bow on me gear in the back of the ute and jump in the car and we'd go. I'm probably 800, 900 metres away from the actual road, coming out onto the road, and it's there again in front of me. And it's got my apple in its hand and it's eating it. Same being? Same. Same. It had the apple I had been eating in its hand and was and was chewing. Wow. Had been eating the apple I had left on the ground back maybe maybe the same again, eight hundred meters prior. So it had picked my apple up and come across and got round in front of me and blocked me off from getting to the road. Exactly same situation. It was dead set, standing dead set in front of me, 15, 20 metres away from me in front of me and had my apple in its hand. Now, does that sound unbelievable or what? 
to me, that's in, insanity. That's crazy. Picking someone's food up and eating. How it was eating? Was it a... It was eating like a human and it had its apple in its right hand. By now I could see its fingers. They had no hair on them. This was the first time I sort of seen it actually moving and, you know what I mean, it wasn't just standing there staring at me. It had the apple in its right hand. I could see its fingers. Its fingers were dark brown and the nail looked like the same colour. In its hand, the apple looked like a grape. Its fingers totally enclosed the apple. Could you see the nails? Yes, they were the similar brown to its fingers. Were they short or long and like, were they more like claws or more like human nails? No, definitely human nails. Definitely not like claws. Definitely not like claws. It was more of a human nail and it looked in proportion with its fingers, if that makes sense. Like it, it didn't look hideous and scary and didn't look like something that wanted to attack and kill you and eat you or any, it looked like a curious, curious animal, like something that it hasn't seen what I was and. It was curious to see what I was and I vice versa. I've seen similar things happen before up in North Queensland, like up in the Cape hunting pigs that there's massive big 100 kilo pigs and they will near walk up to you because they've never seen a human in their life. Like they're not scared of you. They don't, they don't know what you are. Their curiosity killed the cat. Like they will approach you. You're there hunting them and they will – it's to the point where it's unfair. Like they, they got no idea what you are and associate any threat with you whatsoever. A hundred, 120, 130 kilo pig can walk within feet, metres of you because it doesn't know what you are. It's never seen you before in its life. And that's the opinion I sort of got when I seen this. Eating your apple, holding it at its right hand. Was it, was, it chewing as you it were It was watching? already chewing. Yeah, it was chewing as when I seen it. It was already eating, like it was eating. It didn't strike the apple up to its mouth and take a bite. It was already chewing the apple when I noticed it. Can you describe what it did when it first realised that you were there? Same thing. It just stood there looking at me. It knew I was there before I knew it was there. For something so large, I can't believe how quiet it can move through the bush. Mm-hmm. 180 degreed and turned off, but I could see this one a, a lot longer because it sort of walked out towards its left. It didn't just walk straight off. So I seen its back, it walked off to the left and, and sort of done a big loop around me. But by the time it's out of sight, I could not hear it. There was no noise, no sticks breaking, no branches moving, nothing, no rustling through the bush. So their bush skills are insane they'd be able to sneak up on any sort of creature whatsoever they're renowned for that uh, yeah for that ability to to move yeah. silently if you're looking at it from the side so you got it in profile right yes yep um, but this time this time i got it in profile can you describe the shape of the head and maybe the gait how it was moving what did it remind you of it's walking was walking like a human like it was one foot in front of the other and and standing up like a human, maybe slightly, I wouldn't say hunched over, but maybe slightly leaning, its body mass of its top end was leaning forward, but walking like a human, like one leg in front of the other, arms swinging like a human. Um, its face, like its mouth area, have you ever seen the old episodes of Homer Simpson? Do you know how he's sort of that funny motley grey around his mouth, like he's got a five o'clock shadow? That's what I've seen. This thing had 
that sort of five o'clock shadow around its underneath its nose and its and above its top lip down to sort of its bottom lip and it was like a five o'clock shadow. Its hair was much shorter, like stubble nearly, I would say. But, Could you see the skin underneath it? Well, I don't know if it was skin or hair. Do you know what I mean? I don't, yep. It was just a lot different. Side on was a lot different picture to its square, standing square. So the first time I seen it, it was standing square and it turned around 180 and walked off with its back to me till it disappeared. This time, it done the same. It swung a 180, but it took one step and started turning out to its left. So I seen its left-hand side profile all the way for probably 25, 30 metres until it was gone. Did it move its arms while it was walking? Like a human, yep, like a human. Right leg forward, left arm back. Were you able to discern a neck? A neck's there, but, but big lats and tries on it. So if it flexed and put its arms out in a strong wind, it looks like it would catch wind, you know what I mean? Like it was strong. It looked strong. Like it looked physically strong. Were you able to see muscle definition through all that hair? No, I couldn't say. Couldn't say it had 25-inch biceps or a six-pack or anything like that. The top of its shoulders down its back seemed to be the longer part of its hair. Was it V-shaped or more barrel-shaped? Oh, it's like a V, like a tiny little backside and then up into big, broad shoulders. Like its shoulders and its top of its arms were, like if it got hold of you, I think it would definitely hurt you. If it wanted to, it could hurt you very easy. I think you'd be powerless. Very odd that it can be so quiet in the bush. Something like that looks like it would muscle its way through, like it would just push the branches and undergrowth would be dragging behind it like it just looks like a rhinoceros couldn't go through the bush quietly like this thing this thing mate was silent did you notice any smell none none at that time though i was on my way out and on my way home i couldn't give you a hundred percent answer if the wind was in my face or not compared to the first time first time it was 100 percent in my face because that's what determined the direction i would sort of start hunting from did the being make any noises or vocalizations? Nothing. No no noise, no facial gesture apart from its mouth moving when it was chewing. Um nothing. No no sound. It was like it was like the whole scenario was on mute. I will say something else, there was no sound in the bush either. I was going to ask you that. No birds chirping, no you know what I mean, no nothing. There was no birds, no cockatoos. I don't even know what the bird is. It's a brown bird. A lot of bow hunters will know it as a giveaway bird and they will hop from tree to tree above you, squawking and carrying on, <laughs> and everything will know you're there. None of them were there. Nothing was there. Nothing was made. If they were there, they, they were quiet. They were like mouses. Did you have the same feeling of unease that you had earlier on the year before? No, no. I had walked past where it was standing and I had gone out to the road to be picked up and sort of on the way back I figured to myself something that big, that strong looking and I, and I don't say mean, like it didn't look mean, can move through the bush so quietly if it wanted to grab myself or someone or anyone, if that's what they're like, if that's how quiet they can be, it could pick you up and you wouldn't even know it was there. If it wanted to get you and 
it would get you with a great deal of ease because it made no noise. Something so big made so little noise. But no, I didn't feel any sort of, I wasn't threatened by, I didn't feel as if it was aggression. I felt it had more curiosity than anything, like I, the way I sort of felt, like curious, what are you looking at? And it was looking back at me, maybe thinking the same. Did you get a feeling from whether it might have recognised you? No, I, I don't know. I don't. That's a very hard question. Maybe it did. I've never sort of thought of it that way. Maybe, maybe it did. Maybe it did. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Actually, I never sort of thought of that. If it sort of recognised or what, but in my eyes, it, that has to be it. It's the same one. I've seen the same one. It has to be. If it looked exactly, it was like- identical. We don't actually get as many reports of grey ones as we do other colours. So yeah. it's more than likely if it has the same the same dimensions as the creature you saw before and it's exactly the same colour, then it's yep. more than likely the same the same creature, unless there's a family group and they, they've they've there's, got the same yeah, colour. I'm one hundred percent sold it was the same one. Mm. Like it was same size, same colour, same eyes. Walk the same. First time I, I can't really say I seen it walk. I just sort of watched it disappear as more than anything. I didn't see its feet like I did in this one the second time. Um, I've been back since. I've been back multiple times since, and nothing ever happened until the end of 2010. And I went into Tinder Creek. We're creeping up towards the Colo now of the putty road and I went in there with a couple of dogs hunting a few pigs that had been around and the dogs went stupid and I put it down to that. That's what I put it down to. These dogs know something's in here that they can't compete against and they want to go and I, I, I wasn't there more than an hour, more than an hour, and I put the dogs straight back in the ute and went home. Just they acted very unusual for the type of dogs they were. Whimpering, shaking... They wouldn't leave me. So I pride myself on having good working dogs, dogs that will hunt out from you, not hang around you and stumble onto a pig, actual dogs that will run past kangaroos, run past people's stock and sheep and everything else, and they will only hunt pigs. They're, they're proper working pig dogs. I can let them out the crate. They know what time it is. I put their plates on, put their trackers on. They know it's time that they're going to work. Like You know what I mean? They know what's, what's happening. And I let them out this day in Tinder Creek. Oh, they ginned around for a little bit, ran around pissing on everything and carrying on a bit. And I stand there and let get it out of system. And then I'll start hunting them up and I'll, I'll let them go properly. And they would not go. They would not leave my side to the point where I'm kicking them in the ass. Like, what is wrong with you? Get out. No, go and get out. And they would not leave. And I put it down to that. I put it back down to that something's there. I haven't seen it yet, but they can sense it, smell it, something like that. And I said, no, I'm not I'm not going to be in here with dogs and stumble upon something like that because I don't know the outcome then. So, yeah, I was there for way shorter than an hour and I put them on the truck and went home and I've never been back since. Well, for your dog's sake, I think you did the right thing. They don't come off very well. No, I wouldn't imagine and I, I didn't want to rail anything up because I believe its strength would be tenfold what I could have done. Yeah. Another witness that we spoke to mentioned yeah. 
a hunting dog that ended up being found up a tree with its neck stretched. Um, wow. Yeah, up a tree. Big, fierce hunting dog. Someone told me this, that they seen one and left an apple behind and within eight 900 metres they seen it and it was eating the apple they left behind. I would have laughed in their face and said, you're mad. Give me some of the drugs you're on. Like, what are you doing out in the bush? I would have said, you are MAD. To be honest, I even think it myself. You're mad. Did, did it happen? Is that what is that what really went down? Is that what you actually seen? And I told my partner. My partner said, "You can't tell no on this story." How I got onto you was I actually walked into a shop. They were talking about Bigfoots on like the blokes at the counter were talking about Bigfoots. Somewhere in Queensland, one of them was from Queensland and said there was hundreds of stories and the Yowie Hunters Australia and all this done stories. And I thought it was like, you're joking me. There's actual people like that are into this and like go and search for these things. And yeah, yeah, I can't remember where it was in Queensland where he said, but that's sort of what got me thinking. Like, do you let something like this die with you or could someone use this information and or it could be a piece to a puzzle or for someone else's story and make their story credible or and I thought oh I'll get in contact and just see what happens you know but oh, I'm so glad you did Jared yeah Dean Harrison who started up Australian Yowie Research he's been doing this for 25 years he's had his own really scary experiences and multiple experiences multiple sightings he was actually shoved by one and went flying. Wow. Um, and that was at night. It was terrifying. He suffered PTSD for, you know, quite a long time afterwards. Still goes out researching and trying to hopefully get them on our thermal camera, which we did get them on the camera last year. Um, yeah. I don't know if you've seen that footage, but we... No. Dean and the boys, if you go onto our website, you'll find our YouTube channel and yep. we have compilations of that trip they did and all the bits of footage that they got. It's quite amazing, amazing. If you look at it. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They totally got two of them on my thermal camera. It's awesome. Check it out when we finish. But Dean's been doing this for 25 years and he started the organisation because he had these terrifying encounters and he didn't know what was going on or what they were or what the hell happened and who to talk to about it and was afraid. That's how I Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And he thought people were going to think he's crazy. And so he started this website, an organization and database. So he's collected now, there's over a thousand reports that we have stretching back a few hundred or a couple of hundred years since colonial settlement. We also speak to quite a few Aboriginal members of our community and they also share some of their cultural lore and some of their own experiences we're talking like dream time stories ingrained in that history like it is but they're more modern day back the man who told me about that hunting dog his father would see them regularly and stories not just cultural lore of the dream time and therefore sounding slightly mythical but actual real stories like mothers would tell their children you don't play down near the river at night you don't go out at night you don't leave the camp at night 
He goes, the Yowies will get you. Because the... I've heard of small ones in yes. Aboriginal culture, like little, like two foot tall. And yeah, the Junjadi. Mischievous, with... you know what I mean? Like, yeah, take you away. I've, I've heard of them before, but, but only as um, dreamtime story sort of thing, not as modern day stuff. Yeah, it's modern day stuff too. There's the little fellas and the big fellas. Many of the Aboriginal communities around the country, the different cultural groups, they all have stories. They vary slightly in which ones are more dangerous than others and some people say that the smaller ones are actually more dangerous than the bigger ones. Then again, other groups say that the big ones are really dangerous too and they carry off Aboriginal women. There's different stories around the country. Yeah. As well as interviewing witnesses with Australian Yowie Research, I, I have my own podcast. Uh, okay. So I've Can you get that on Spotify or something? Yeah, yeah, it's on Spotify. Yeah, I'm going to look, look that up. Yowie Central. I'm so glad you've contacted us. What is rare about this is, one, you've seen the same creature twice, or you've seen them more than once, but yeah. also broad daylight straight there in front of you. Yeah, no darkness, never felt any untowards at night in there like what I used to take was not much I didn't take tents and poles and all that I took rolled up mattress that you blow up like a single like you just lay on it you just fit on it like if you roll over you roll off of it I just took a um, all-weather sort of tarp to tie over the top of me small four foot wide by six foot five long and paracord and that was it and a light blanket a light thermal blanket it was all I took to sleep in. I'm only sleeping one night. I didn't have tents. I didn't have barbecues and that sort of stuff. I took tins of chunky stew and heated them up on a fire and sat there at night and laid on my back and looked at the stars and reflected on things or, you know what I mean, had time by myself, reset myself while I was out there a bit. And I never felt anything scary, weird noises at night, anything. The only time that I've ever heard anything weird is early mornings to the point of maybe midday when I'm walking out. Trees banging, timber banging loudly, loud timber on wood on wood cracking through the bush and followed me for hundreds of metres. It followed me and it stayed the same distance off of me. If I stopped, it stopped. So whatever it was could see what I was doing, could see me moving. If I stopped and looked in its direction, it would stop. I'd take a few more steps and start going again, it would start back up. A rock the size of a, let's say, I don't know, like a chlorine bottle, like, you know what I mean? Like a rock you could pick up, you could pick it up yourself, but you couldn't throw it any distance. You just lump it back on the ground. I seen it fly through there before it hit the ground. Like it was someone threw it. At that time, I put it down to it may have rolled off one of the hills up behind me, but there's no hills behind me big enough where a rock could gather that much momentum and travel that far. Something threw it. The rock throwing and the wood knocking are both uh, reported quite regularly in relation to these beings and, and their behaviour. So the wood knocking is some kind of communication amongst themselves Oh, about, really? Yeah. Well, we, we're suspecting, but people hear that tree knocking, like it's either a, a rock against a tree or another branch against a tree. Yeah. Really I, common. You know, and the rock throwing. You know throwing. what I'd say? It was a tree against another tree. That's how deep and banging of timber it was. It was like a big knock noise of wood to wood. You know what I mean? Like, 
someone splitting timber but times it by five. If I heard the sound again, I'd know it, exactly what it was. Yeah. It's a sound you make when you smack an axe handle against a hardwood tree, like that noise, but times it by five. That's my story and to put some clarity to someone else's story because it's so unbelievable. Like, I get it. I understand why people are like, no chance, no way. And I would have been that person up until now. If I didn't see something like that, I would have laughed. I was a year mad. We have people coming forward. It it really gives courage to other people to share. And then we were able to build up a body of evidence, a body a body of knowledge about what we're dealing with, what people, yep. what are people seeing out there. That's why we do this work is to document what people are seeing because there's definitely something out there. People are seeing these beings exactly as you described, you know, might vary slightly in, in colour and they're generally seeing a huge bipedal creature, hairy. What is it? People see them all over the world. So yeah, um, it's really important that people come forward so that we can, we can document what's going on out there. If I stopped, it would stop. The rock throwing and wood knocks are textbook traits, and certainly not the first time a witness has had multiple encounters. Documentation is important. As Sarah said, we need people to come forward and tell their experiences so we can continue to put together a glossary of traits, behaviours and locations to help us further understand what we're dealing with. It's important for both the future generation of researchers and witnesses searching for answers. Thanks for joining us on our journey and thanks for listening. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.